I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to Align Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's gorgeous episode, I got to have my friend, Mr. Craig Ballantyne, on the show. Craig is another one of those legendary characters in the fitness industry. He is the founder of Turbulence Training. Um, he is the writer of a book that I quite appreciated called The Perfect Day Formula and helps you sort out on how to grab your day by the nuts as opposed to another day just slipping by you. I know that's something I've been guilty of in the past and um, it's really important. So in this conversation, we get into how to structure our lives, be more effective, um, get into his journey, unwinding anxiety, um, and a lot of really amazing stuff. I hope you guys absolutely enjoy this conversation. If you are drawn to the website, aligntherapy.com, I highly recommend you guys checking out the five-day movement challenge. Uh, on there, you learn the fundamentals of how to integrate better movement into everything that you do. If you have any kind of low back pain, neck stuff, your posture's kind of funky, um, this is the baseline on how to sort that stuff out. So I hope you enjoy it, aligntherapy.com. Uh, you can also find show notes to this and the rest of the episodes. Thank you all so much for reviews on iTunes. If you guys leave us a review on the iTunes, we will send you out a box of something delicious from on it. Let's send you something good from on it. Um, review that I got from I Roberts 1121 says this podcast gives the perfect amount of powerful information delivered in a nerdy. I mean this in the best way possible. Fun, humorous way. Exclamation point. I am inspired to dive deeper in basically everything that is discussed. Looking forward to future episodes. Thank you so much. I Roberts 1121. He says, yes, just yes. Uh, really great. Thanks so much. Um, thank you. I'm overly gracious, apparently. So, Mr. I. Roberts, assuming you are a male, send us a message at Align Band on Instagram or Align Podcast, and we will send you out something from On It. I want to thank Thrive Market for supporting this podcast. Uh, if you guys want to get yourself 25% off and a free membership to the raddest online grocery outlet that I have come across, um, go on to thrivemarket.com slash align and you can do that they have up to 50 percent off on all of their products that are highly curated i really mean that they only have good stuff on there and um, get yourself 25 percent off get started free 30 day free membership boom thrivemarket.com slash all right i think we are ready to go is that all yeah that's all all right back to the show enjoy Pow. align podcast what do you attribute anxiety attacks to what is an anxiety attack? Um, for me, it was a combination of being wound up too tight, you know, type A type person, not releasing any emotional stuff. And then also I was working too much, partying too much, drinking too much, too much caffeine, too much alcohol, and it all caught up to me that way. And I, But I think a lot of it comes from not... Um, not talking very, I didn't talk very much when I was younger and didn't have a lot of emotional connections with people. Mm. And so I would like, if, if I was dating a girl and she wanted to like have a serious conversation, I would find my way out of it somehow, you know, I'd run away from that sort of stuff. And just that constant wheels turning in my head sort of thing as an introverted type person, yeah. it all combined and then led to that. 
how would you divert away from getting into more intimate conversations? I just shut down, man. Just shut down. Like you, like it would be just one word answers, uh, and they'd be like, "Oh, here he goes again." Right. Yeah. How long? What, how would relationships look with that? Would they just they get down? frustrated after uh, long enough? Some people would take six months. Some people would take two years and mm. just like put up with it because you know most of the time there was no problem, and then it was just like sometimes I would just shut down and then. Uh, had to grow out of that and had to improve on that sort of stuff. But that's just the way that I was back then. How does one start to fall that a little bit and start getting into a little bit warmer expression? Well, recognizing it first and then seeing how relationships should be, like hanging around people. It's the same thing for anything that you want to improve on, hanging around right. people that are good at it. So hanging around Bedros, uh, you know, his relationship with his wife, Diana, is incredible. And seeing that relationship has been really valuable to me because I grew up with very poor role models for a husband-wife relationship. My, my mother and father lived together and never spoke. And fought. if they did speak, they fought. And so it was a very bad relationship. I remember when I was younger, I was like 11 years old, and I saw one of my friend's parents. Well, I saw my parents my friend's parents hold hands for the first time. And I, my mind was blown. I was like, I can't believe adults do this. I re like I really had a bad um, uh, understanding of how adult relationships should be. Mm. And uh, my father was an alcoholic, and I think that emotionally stunted me as well in the relationships with, with women as I grew up and grew older. So uh, it's just a lot of, you know, you look back on it now, it's like, oh, well, this is obvious why you acted that way. But back then, I just, that's, I just thought everything was normal. Mm. Yeah. Is your dad still an alcoholic? Uh, he, he passed away in 2008. He was an alcoholic up until he, he, he passed away at age 69. And some, so I always look at that and I go, I can't believe he lived that long. Yeah. And then you see like some people pass away at 45 and you're like, the body is both incredibly resilient and at the same time, it's incredibly fragile. You know, it's just the, a lot of it is uh, roll the dice and luck of the genes. But he lived quite a, a lot longer than I thought he would. It seems like the... The stress word, it's just, it's just a huge nebulous term. It's an umbrella for so much. And someone, it's really easy for someone, you mentioned like type A personality, really wound up. It's really easy, I think, for someone like that to pass judgment on someone that, you know, has a bunch of whiskey at night or something like that and kind of unravels themselves a little bit. Sure. Maybe the biological impact isn't that great or maybe they turn into a little bit of a dickhead or something, <laughs> but maybe that's their way of decompressing a little bit. Yeah, it could be. You know, and I'm not saying that that's the way to do it, mm -hmm. but it's just finding avenues to have a, a bit of that decompression is just so important, I think. Yeah. And, you know, for me, one thing, I was always a very impatient person and I started meditation in early 2013. I've done at least five minutes a day every day since late, since early 2013. And that has slowed me down in terms of patience. Um, you know, I used to be one of those people who would snap, you know, quick, quick outbursts and that sort of thing. I've been able to control that a lot better too. Mm. Yeah. Anything else other than the, the meditation practices? I'd imagine it has to spill in gratitude, gratitude for sure. Yeah. Um, 
also just the accountability to people like I have, I've, uh, I always say there's like three or four people that have had a huge impact on me going in. And I actually say this a lot from being a big dick to a little dick. And Bedros is one of them. And this guy, Matt Smith, who's my business partner in Denver, a guy named Joel Marion, who's my friend who lives in Florida, and then Jay Ferrugia. And every time I would do something, you know, I would say something rude to somebody. And I would even do this in like our coaching sessions. I would give you like a million dollar idea, but I'd say it in a way where you thought, all you could think of was you, you wouldn't even listen to the idea. You'd just say, wow, that was really rude the way that he said that. Mm. And, but they would, they would like go and give me this death stare. And I was like, and I'd feel really terrible about it. I'm like, I can't do that anymore. Um, and then over time, just by recognizing it, knowing, uh, mentally preparing, you know, to go in in a good mood into the coaching session and doing all of these things, it became a lot more natural for me to not be like that and just slowly over time got better and better and better and better at that stuff mm. did that go in rank from dick size from oh, well, to, to jay yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope jay's listening <laughs> and, and i and then you know further to that i always say i'm like the only person you'll ever see on stage bragging about little dick size you know little little dick levels you know because i've gone to become a little dick oh, uh, good. yeah congratulations yes. i'm glad that you've arrived <laughs> yes yes so <laughs> So no longer big dick. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, and it's just. But even even today, like we were, Bedros and I were filming podcasts, and we were doing some photos before, and and I even stand in a tense position. And you and I were doing some yoga before, and I I get very tense, and so that's just how I don't know if that's emotional stuff, but I'm always a generally tense person. I'll, like I'll find myself clenching my fists a lot. Yeah, we have. I think we have a certain degree of like genetic baseline or whether it's nurture or nature or whatever it is i was listening to this thing recently of of uh you can predict well um someone's political views based off of well, what was it twins that were identical twins were much more likely to have the same political views even if they're separated whatever it is mm -hmm. than twins that were not identical oh wow like significant yeah and so as if they share that 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 genetic uh, you know, information, then down the line, it's like, oh, imagine that I'm a Republican. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I wonder just how much of that is, is maybe like, oh yeah. Like maybe some people are more naturally wound up. Oh, for That's sure. That's the way that goes. For sure. Or maybe it's because your dad was an alcoholic and you ended up to, to repressing it in or. I, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think there's a huge genetic component to it for sure. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've been impatient since, Day one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do to unwind? Because I could feel there when we started, I like in intentionally kind of like, this is going to sound a little creepy, but I like pulled your shirt out and mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, ruffled you up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we and I could feel as well going through your spine, this, you know, middle area here started off pretty like well stabilized, put together. Yeah. And then the whole practice for the three minutes that we did the thing was... Um, just kind of breathing into that area and unwinding that area a little bit. And then we got up. I don't know if you noticed, this could have been all my illusion, but you looked a lot looser. Like when you stood there, it was yeah. kind of this feeling of like, oh, did you notice that at all? Or is that, is that, is that I, I did. I okay. did. But <laughs> I'm going to say something really embarrassing here. Please. Anytime I get in that inverted position, it feels like gas rushes and I have to fart. 
Did you fart? No, I didn't. Oh, you do. You have shit. I have fart. Yeah. That's what I, we gotta do. We're bros. <laughs> We're bros now. And so, so that, so that was why I might have been tensed up because I was like, I don't want to let one rip right here. But every time, like I used to do when I would film my videos, <laughs> and I would, you know, it'd be like, okay, time for decline push-ups. I'd be, I'd get in that position, just like have to let one rip, and then film. You, you eating lectins? What's going on in there? No, I, just, I don't know, man. What are we doing? What's your diet like? Uh, I, I, You're the turbulence king. Relatively paleo. Yeah. All right. What yeah. is, what is, what is turbu turbulence? The turbulence workout? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's it called turbulence training. Turbulence training. Is that yeah. still is that still kicking? It still exists, but it's not something that we make a, a big business about these days. And so, it, it, believe it or not, I came up with the idea for the most stupid named product in the fitness industry while on a plane ride from Salt Lake City to Toronto. Mm. And I use this analogy. So, I had just done three years of research in my master's degree about interval training and resistance training and that sort of stuff. And it was all about, you know, resistance training and interval training increases your post-exercise oxygen consumption a little bit higher than other exercises. And so I was thinking, okay, when you're, when you're doing this type of training, you put a, a stimulus on the body and then your body recovers during training or during recovery, your body burns extra calories. And I then put that into the same analogy as a airplane going through turbulence re would require more fuel to get back onto a regular flight path. Mm -hmm. I, I have no idea if that even is true. That's science. But that, <laughs> that felt just to science. me intrinsically, that felt like science. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was like, oh, so this is, you know, we're putting turbulence on the body during these short burst workouts and then you have afterburn after. So that was, that and was how, you, and then you fart. Hopefully. Then, then you let one rip <laughs> and, and that's the secret to weight loss success and getting totally ripped. I'm glad we talked about that. Yeah. So that was, <laughs> that was how I came up with that. I really, you know what, now, now that we're bros and I, I really wish that I just, as soon as that happened, if yeah. I could fart right now, I, I would do it. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> it's not Fortunately, <laughs> unfortunate. I've been laying off the lectins. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. So, I started creatine today, though. Really? I want to get jacked, yeah. Well, you, you've used it before, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, lots. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. So what, are, the, what, are, kids, what are kids using in terms of creatine? Is it just like the micro powder? They got all sorts of fancy stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, I'm just, you know, the old old fashioned creatine monohydrate. Yeah, man. That's, what, that's the only stuff that works. <laughs> $8.99 from Erewhon's. Yeah, man. Like yeah. for like four kilos? But, yeah. <laughs> No, I, mean, I think it was like, like half a pound or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that stuff nice is so, spoon. so dirt cheap. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, it's supposed to be good for cognitive function. It's supposed to be good for muscle recovery. It also makes you get kind of like swollen, which for, for ladies, they don't love it at all. But for guys, you're like, right, yeah, pack right, on the water. Right, yeah, five pounds of, like overnight. This is awesome. Yeah, I notice when I don't <laughs> use it, and I haven't used it in about th two or three months, like within three weeks, I'm down three or four pounds. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm 42, and I still have a hard time gain like, Keeping my weight up. And farting with new people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> More important. I mean, it's such a good one, too, because, I mean, it's just like. Oh, it'll come back. It, has, yeah. it doesn't go away. Where do they go? I don't know. Maybe. That's deep science. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's just waiting around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so you wrote a book about cardio in yeah. relation to, to, to I, I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten to check that one out. If I, if I'm honest, that's I'm right. loving the, the perfect day stuff. Good. That's yeah. what it's all about. I, I was, you saw my, my Instagram thing this morning. Yes. Yeah, so that was really was cool. Yeah. I, my, my plan for those books, you have like a whole package. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah. When I first got it, honestly, I was like, oh, I think this is too much. I know it is a little overwhelming. When you open then it I looked into it. And now I'm actually really excited about it because I, I really took the time to look at all the individual questions 
And I think so much, we, we go through so much of our life and we never ask ourselves some of these deep introspective questions. Yeah. You because know? they're scary and they're painful and most people, I mean, takes a little bit of work to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Can you maybe, are there any kind of like questions that kind of stand out in there for people to, to ponder on? Yeah. So the thing that I like to do is start at the 30,000 foot level above and, and talk about, okay, where do we want to really be in our lives? So we talk about the three-year vision. And one question I say is, what do you want to have accomplished in the next three years? And usually I ask the question in terms of, you know, your family, your health, and your career wealth building. And if you do that, it's like, okay, I want to be, you know, here, and this is what I want my family to look like, and this is how I want to be feeling or looking. Um, and then this is, you know, what I, where I want to be in my career. I want to have, you know, made it up to this level, or I want to start this business, and I want to be this financially successful. And then I'd refer to that as your dream destination in life. And it's kind of like, just like you have a dream destination when you go on holidays. And a nice analogy of that is Disneyland. You know, most people are either going to go to Disneyland or Disney World, either as a parent or as a child one day in their lifetime. And it's like, okay, if you want to go to Disneyland or Disney World, it's really simple. You know that you have to fly to Orlando to go to Disney World. And once you get to Orlando, you get in a rental car and you drive right there. And so it's a straight line to success. And if you have that same vision for your future that you want to be living on this street with this family and be this successful in your career, then you just have this straight line to success of the things you need to do generally to get there. And it's a good, good visualization for people to have so that that helps them make the right decisions and avoid detours, avoid you know, saying yes to something which will take them totally off path, take up a lot of their time, energy, take the time and energy away from their family. And as entrepreneurs or, you know, busy people who just want to take on more and more stuff, when we do that, we get detoured away from what really matters. So it's that type of thinking that I like to get into. And then that allows us to, to pull back and go, okay, great. If you want to be here, then here's what you need to do. And here's the plan to do that. And then go on to the next level of accomplishment. So it's really dialing it down, funneling it down from the big picture all the way down to generally what you should be doing every day. Mm. It's like a pragmatic, the secret. Very pragmatic. Yes, very pragmatic version of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you think of the secret? Law of attraction, the universe, and all those things. Well, I have a chapter in my book called The Law of Action Attraction. Okay. And so I had a moment in my life which was like, you know, goosebumpy in terms of getting something that I had long wanted. Right. So in 2006, I hired my first coach. His name was Tom Venuto. He's a very famous guy in the fitness info product world. He, he was my coach. And on the very first, the very first question on the very first call, Tom said to me, Hey Craig, what do you want your business to look like in five years from now? And this is 2006, right? When I was having my anxiety attacks, uh, uh, coincidentally. And I said, Tom, I want to have a business like early to rise and early to rise had been started in 2000. It was very well known at the time. Tom knew of it and it helps people with their health, but also with their wealth building and business building and all this stuff. And so Tom said, okay, great. If that's what you want to do, here's what you need to get better at in order to you know, own that business or a business like that. I had to become a better speaker, a better writer, a better coach, better networker, all of these things. And I went out over the next few years and I did them. And then in 2010, I was with a friend of mine, this guy, Matt Smith, and we were talking about what I wanted to do. And I said, you know, I still want to, I was just doing the fitness stuff. And I said, hey, I want to go and help entrepreneurs really grow their businesses. And he said, okay, that's cool. And then six months later, he was with the owner of Early to Rise and the owner of Early to Rise said, hey, Matt, I'm ready to sell this business. Mm. And Matt said, hey, I know a guy who wants it. 
And he called me up and it was five years, three months and 17 days after I said to Tom that I want to own a business like early to rise in five years that I actually bought the business. Mm. So in my book, I say it's not the law of, uh, law of attraction. You can't just sit there and think of stuff. But if you do the actions, it's law of action attraction. You take the actions and you'll attract opportunity into your life. Creepy. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should have had a better, better response. Fascinating. <laughs> All right, fascinating. Wow, that's so wonderful. So, so the creepy part is how much we ask for that might we might not realize that we're asking for shit. You know, we don't know how to get outside of that mold of thinking that we deserve shit. Mm-hmm. You know, you just keep on. So it's like it's like kind of just recognizing the, the program that you're running. You know, and seeing like, no, actually, you have to, you kind of have to choose to choose, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And also, you have to know that there's a whole whole world of stuff that you can choose. Like, so many people get ca- caught up in their own little bubble, and they think, oh, you know, it's... If they're just if they're just a CrossFit person, they think only in terms of CrossFit stuff. And but the, you know, there's a whole bigger world out there for them to, you know, have accomplishment in other areas of life. And so whether we get stuck in our friendship bubble with you know only hanging around ten people all the time, or we get yep. stuck in a small town bubble, or stuck in an industry bubble, there's a whole lot more out there. And once you expand your mindset to that, you can start to connect the dots to have a bigger bigger approach to life i think yeah what do you think the you're the product of the five people you spend the most time with absolutely absolutely and so for me it was as much personal as it was professional and so when i wanted to you know not be the jerk that i was 10 years ago by hanging around people like bedros who's california cool always great to people and then this guy joel marion who's the most generous guy that i know and this guy matt smith who's also a generous guy i spent so much time with those guys that I saw what they were doing um, and I got recognition from them when I did the things that I wanted to be doing. And that's really important. You need to get rewarded for doing the right things because we often just get rewarded for doing the wrong things like yeah. watching too much television or you know going out and drinking. But if you're rewarded for the right things by the people you respect and admire, then you're gonna go and make the changes that will allow you to play up a level in life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I so rarely give myself any any uh any daps any pats on the back and i know i had this moment the other just a few whatever like a week ago or something i've been in california for i don't remember the exact date but about a year now oh that's it and i'm like oh there's like a a lot of really rad progress has happened in the last year you know but i I think it's it's a lot easier every day to just lead with lashings yeah yeah (laughs) you're not enough you you know whatever it is we're all too hard on ourselves (laughs) everyone's too hard on themselves and and i learned that earlier this year i spent a day with uh, sean stevenson the the not the sleep guy the uh, the other one the three foot giant yeah i haven't gotten to run into him yet sean sean other sean yeah sleep guy is my he's a a homeboy yeah the other one he's a great guy yeah. yeah, and so Sean Stevenson, the three-foot giant, um, author of Get Off Your Butt, he's, he has this disease where if he sneezes, he can break a bone. He's broken his bones 280 times in his life. Wow. I know, I know, I know. And he's the kind of guy who could, you know, he just feels sorry for himself. But no, he's gone out and become really one of the world's best speakers. Mm-hmm. And he's also a certified therapist. And I spent a day with him on the, the mental stuff. And he said, Craig, you're just so hard on yourself. And both he and Bedros have pointed out, like, you're hard on yourself because like you're, you think that you're like your father and you know, they said, you know, just 
take it easy on yourself. And so many other people that I coach and that are business owners, we're also hard on ourselves because we're not doing, maybe it's because we're comparing, comparing ourselves to other people, or we just have such um, outrageous expectations of ourselves. But like you said, we don't give ourselves enough recognition. Yeah. And that can really hurt a lot of people because then it knocks down your self-confidence if you're not giving yourself enough recognition. And if you're really hard on yourself, you don't think that you're worth what you can achieve. Yeah. I think the you're the product of the five people you spend most time with thing is absolutely true and also potentially a bit um if everyone truly believed that and say most of the people say like la is kind of like you know it could be accused of being a, a a a bit of a superficial place or like a money-driven place or where it may be if that were the case that everybody needed to be around other people that make more money than them right then <laughs> who no one have? would ever hang out with anyone right <laughs> Right. right. So I think that there is this certain degree, like LA's, I, I've heard it's like, you know, upon being out here when you're with people, there's always this feeling of the person's kind of like looking over their shoulder to see like who else is around. Uh huh. It's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do we find a balance with that? Yeah. I had a friend who came out here for six weeks and she was working with some female entrepreneurs and she said the thing, one of the things that stuck about, LA with her is that because it takes so long to get everywhere that people were less committal, you know, like they would, they'd be like, uh, I don't know if I can make that, you know, just because they, they didn't even want to think about the long drive or, you know, jumping from one neighborhood to the next. And so it was a way different than what she had experienced in Toronto where she was from, where mm. people like, yeah, we'll meet here at this time and this date. And, you know, you just expect them to show up. Yeah. What's your preference between, between people, between northeastern canada and southwestern united states midwestern people okay oh yeah midwestern people so i was mentioning this guy chris harder who has a great podcast and he and i as soon as we said hello we were like best buddies and oh, cool. and it's be i'm i'm really into that midwestern work ethic and uh, i guess they're humble um but you know they're just down to earth good people and and that's actually been one of my biggest areas in terms of the customers I had for turbulence training. I mean, obviously on the coast, both coasts, you're going to get a lot of customers, but I really had a good, good segment from like Wisconsin and Iowa mm. that that Midwestern approach to life is just resonates with me. I think there's something nice to not feeling like you deserve everything. Right. You know, in the Midwest, it's a very like nameless, it's like Midwest. I don't even know what it would like, They what, call it flyover, right? Fly, right. Flyover. Yeah, flyover. So there's some, there's some kind of like twinkle of magic in that where it's like, yeah, we don't really, you know, we're not big San Francisco or whatever. Like yeah. I'm in the middle of Iowa. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't need to be anything, some big special, like, let's relieve a little bit of this stress and let's just like build a fire and, you know, get to work. Yeah. Uh, you know what else I like is East coast people that have moved to California. Maybe that's what the, the, the mix needs to be. Yeah. Like yourself, <laughs> like, well, <thank> you. <laughs> like, like Jay Ferrugia. I mean, he needed to move out here because he needed to leave his Jersey behind, right. but to also bring that little bit of edge is also good. I think. Cool. I'm just falling over right yeah. now. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that. Or that guy who comes all the way from Eastern Armenia, Pedros all the way to California. Now he's got, you know, the he mix. He talks of, about the, what does he talk about? He talks about the, the uh, immigrant, immigrant edge. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Got to have a little immigrant edge. Yeah, I kind of got it too because I'm from Canada. So. Yeah, Canada's big. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely some degree of immigration. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what's, is there any, are there any other, other questions out of there that, that we could kind of pull on from that? There's five, five pamphlets, right? Oh, in the, in the book, in the uh, Perfect Day Kit. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, also just the rules for your life, because so many people, when they hear this idea, they're like, no, I don't want to go there, buddy. I don't want any more rules for my life. Right. Um, but what I'm trying to get people to think about is, you know, what are the systems and, you know, the operating processes that you live your life by? So, for example, like if somebody says, I go to church every Sunday, and I never miss church every Sunday, they might never have written that down as like a rule or operating system for their life. But that is a really key component because that, that just drives so much of how you will behave in so many uh, situations. Plus, uh, it takes up a lot of your, your time and mental focus. Hmm. And so there's just little things like that. And there's basically like five rules that I recommend everybody has for their life, like a health rule, um, you know, a rule for when they wake up and go to bed, you know, trying to stick to those those wake up times and bedtimes, because when I found I finally made those consistent, those things were actually going to bed and getting up at the same time every day of the week was the thing that had the greatest impact on my energy, yeah. all day energy levels. I wasn't dragging my butt at two o'clock. I wasn't tired on Monday morning. You know, I, was, I wasn't taking till Wednesday to get that back to normal after a weekend where I was sleeping in. So something like that, um, a rule for your wealth building, you know, figuring out, Hey, what's the number one thing I need to do in my career or job every day to be successful. Um, number one thing you should focus on first thing in the morning. Cause I find a lot of people try and do too much in the morning. You know, they try and do yoga, meditation, right. gratitude, journaling. And actually, you know, it's, you know, three hours later and they're stressed out because they haven't gotten their morning routine done. That's taken them three hours. But mm -hmm. if we just focus on one thing, one thing that centers our day and gets us a victory in the morning before the rest of the day goes crazy, then that really can move you ahead in life. And mm -hmm. so those are the kind of systems and templates that people when they have in their life, they build a powerful operating system for themselves, much like an iPhone has a powerful operating system that allows us to do a million things really, really well and just keeps us out of trouble. Again, keeps us from going down those detours in life that can suck up our time and energy and, you know, three months after you start doing something you shouldn't be doing, you're like, how did I get here? You know, I wanted to be doing this this year and, you know, I spent the last three months way off course. Yeah. So I find that... For most people, entrepreneur or executive, doesn't matter. It's really about figuring out what not to do, keeping that stuff away, mm -hmm. not to do list for life, and then just focusing, keeping the blinders on, staying in your lane, and then that, you know, cutting back on the number of things you want to do. And that's how you're going to really be successful with less stress. Yeah. Wanted to take a quick moment to thank Thrive Market for supporting this podcast. Thrive Market is an online grocery service that you guys absolutely need to check out. Um, first of all, it's way more cost efficient than shopping in a grocery store. They cut out the middleman, uh, so you can get up to 50% off on most things that you'd find in the grocery store. Secondly, maybe firstly, both equally important. Um, they really, truly give a dang about the products that they have on there. So everything is highly curated, no GMO stuff. You don't need to read the labels because they've already done that for you. I personally know the owner of this, and um, he truly, truly cares about the quality of the products. And I uh, highly recommend you guys checking them out. So you can go to uh, thrivemarket.com slash align. Thrivemarket.com slash align. On there, you'll get 25% off your purchase and a free month's membership to Thrive Motherflippin' Market. 
market. Uh, highly recommend these guys. They also some fun facts. They use zero waste, so they are all the all the uh, containers and everything that you're getting. They're all from recycled products. Um, up to 50% off of the purchases, as I'd mentioned, and uh, really great stuff. Door to door service. Does that make sense? Door to door website to door service. Anyway, strivemarket.com/align. 25% off free month membership. Boom. Enjoy. I reference Bruce Lee like a million times a, a year in relation to it's about subtraction, not addition. Right. You know, and I think there is a lot of value in just having a track, having a course. You know, I think that's something that's a huge stressor, I think, because now we have so much information and so many options and so many different directions to go. You know, you're just like, you just go and right. you stare at Facebook because it's like, <laughs> oh, God, I'm just Instagram. Right. It's easier than making a choice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's not about the daily increase. It's about the daily decrease. Hack away at the unessential. That's the Bruce Lee quote. That's the Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. And then all uh, the smart guys said something like that. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Warren, just borrowed that from other people. Yeah. Warren Buffett has another good, has a good one that's similar. He says the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. Right. Yeah. So it's just about cutting, cutting, cutting. Mm. Yeah. Which, which most people are listening and think, oh, but I'm supposed to say yes to living and yes to everything that comes my way. And well, if you do that, you're going to be overwhelmed and you're not going to focus on what really matters. So you first of all have to start with what's the core of my life and then build it around that. I think there's also um, a balance to there's there's some. It depends on where you're at in the spectrum with your career, your movement, your whatever it may be earlier on, it might make sense to say yes to almost everything sure. because those are potential roots. Yep. Right now you have no roots. Mm -hmm. Now you got this kind of crappy little opportunity <laughs> that could potentially sprout you a little bit of germination. Yeah. You know, whereas as time goes on, it's like, well, now I have a lot of roots. I should just tend to these. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And, and I guess, you know, you can pull the Steve Jobs quote here is, uh, one thing that he said is that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. So when you are younger, you do take advantage of these opportunities that come your way, but you do some, you do the work. You're taking advantage of opportunities that allow you to build skills and all these things. And you might not, you know, understand how this skill that you built at age 20 is actually going to help you when you're 35, but it will. Like for example, of all the classes I took in high school, probably the most valuable to me was keyboarding. Because I became, you know, I'm a writer now. I'm a writer now who can crank out 1,500 words in an hour. Mm. If I didn't take keyboarding in high school, then I'd be sitting here, you know, punching one finger at a time and not getting a whole lot done. So who would have thought that, you know, taking that because I was looking for an easy course to take would eventually actually be one of the most important things I'd done? Yeah. Yeah, there's so many things that happen throughout your life that I, I think that they seem at the time to be like a waste of time where it may be, you know, but then you, you end up actually accruing these skills. Yes. You know, I think it's an interesting, it's like, I think it's so, it's so easy to quit something because you don't see the fruit coming out of it. And I was like, well, it doesn't fruit until next season. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's like giving yourself that, that, that space to just keep on working on your craft or building yourself up. So eventually all of a sudden these, these skills start to coalesce and you really have something. Yeah. I was just thinking about that this morning. I was thinking about a specific person who is once in our coaching programs, who is doing remarkably successful now. And I remember her after like the first three months and she was so frustrated because she was kind of expecting those, those uh, seeds to turn into fruit like overnight sort of right. thing. And eventually they did 
turn very successful for her. But I remember how frustrated she was. And I was almost like, oh my goodness, here she comes again with another frustrated question. I was just like, patience, patience, patience. And I, always, I use this line that, that people, they like because they understand it. And it's, you know, you're going you're gonna to struggle and you're going to go through it. And all of a sudden you're going to have this whoosh effect. And I actually got it from this guy, Alan Cosgrove. And he said, you know, people will go through a fat loss program and they'll be struggling and struggling and struggling. And all of a sudden what he found is like, whoosh, all of a sudden, like they go on the scale another time and it's five pounds down. Because of the work they had been doing, most people quit before they get to that whoosh effect. And I think that applies also to business, to school, to whatever it is. If you're writing, all of a sudden, all that work that you're doing and building up and building up and building up does eventually just go whoosh and that success comes really, really fast. It's like the overnight 10-year success story. That's why I started taking creatine. That's right. <laughs> whoosh. With that whoosh. Yes. With that water weight. Yeah, exactly. Immediate. <laughs> immediate. I want these now. So I found a certain degree of liberation in creating some type of codification of my day. I don't stick to it all that often. I'm sure you're much better about sticking to it than I am. But um, just the idea of it, of kind of creating some degree of boundaries of mm -hmm. sorts, I don't know. There's some like deep gratification that I got from it. I was filling out your schedule. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I always tell people is just Let's slow down here. Let's not try and cram a million things into a day because, again, that's where people get overwhelmed by right. trying to do too much. And I just say maybe like over the course of your day, think of having five, two to three hour time blocks. Okay. That's like a general approach to life. And then you can put specificity into them. But like say, you know, in the morning, I'm going to have a two hour time block devoted to, uh, you know, self-care and getting ready for the day and, and all that jazz. Great. And then I'm going to have a two hour block of deep work. And I'm not going to fill, say exactly what I'm going to be doing in that until the night before when I plan that out, but I'm going to block that off. And then, you know, I'm going to have a two hour block of communication meetings and email and maybe even social media. And then I'm have another two hour block of lunch and phone calls. And then I have one more two hour block of work and that's my day. And when you think about it that way, it's not overwhelming and it's like, okay, now I can fit the important stuff into those blocks without again, being overwhelmed and without trying to cram a million things into that. And mm. then I think if people start there, it's a good approach to their day. Now, not exactly having the blocks in that order, but just thinking in terms of, I can probably focus on a big chunk of something for a couple hours, and then I'll need to do something else, and I'll also need to take care of myself for a little bit over the course of time. And that's how I would I work with almost every one of my clients to figure out how their day is going to look. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the discipline equals freedom, I think. Jocko Willink or yeah. somebody, probably somebody again before that. It's all, yeah, exactly. it's all just repetition. It's all Stoic philosophy. And before yeah. that, there was some, you know, the Persians probably were talking. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a big believer back. in it, though, because <laughs> when I had the anxiety attacks, I, I used the line that I suffered from the paradox of freedom. I had too much freedom. I had, Absolutely. I had a, you know, a fair amount of money for a young guy. I had no boss. I was, could work as much as I want, and I did. I could go out any night of the week as and in Toronto, it's a big city. It's like New York. You can go up pretty much any night, and I almost did. And all of that stuff just leads to being overwhelmed, and that led to the anxiety attacks. When I put the structure into my life, structure actually led to true freedom because I had boundaries for work time. Um, I had much better planning and preparation for healthy activities, so I wasn't you know, drinking three or four nights a week. And I had, when I had the structure in place, it gave me the freedom to get more done and then back off. So that was very helpful for me, and that's how it worked. Yeah, I, a friend of mine was telling me this story about, um, it was like Jean-Claude Van, I don't think it was him, it was some famous 
martial arts movie star guy. I forget which which one it was exactly. I probably shouldn't say his name anyway. Um, but he said he went to to, the, to this gym, <clears throat> and he's like, there he was. He was like banging out preacher curls or something <laughs> like that. And so he goes in, and the guy just he, he gets the weight up, screams, top of his lungs, drops it down, and then storms out of the gym, gets into this like big like monster truck and peels out. And it was just like, and I'm like, I'm like that's an, that's the best story I've heard in months. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm so happy you told me that. And then the the, the idea after that came up of like there's almost some degree of the restriction of needing to work for money or having something like okay I need to provide for my family oh I need to I need to show up for something it actually kind of maintains some degree of sanity I think yes when you open the doors completely all of a sudden you start weird shit starts popping up okay Uh, yeah so I I, I like to use these, these examples you know like Mike Tyson made $300 million boxing and spent it all because he had a paradox of freedom. He had nobody around him saying, no, Mike, you can't do that, Mike. You can't buy the tiger, Mike. You know, it's (laughs) not another tiger. Right. And then same with Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp uh, in the last two years has been in the news for like the amount of money he was spending because he's going through this lawsuit with his accountants. And one of the things he spent a million dollars on was taking Hunter S. Thompson's ashes and shooting them into the air because Hunter S. Thompson wanted an explosive funeral. Wow. And it cost him a million dollars to do this. Why would that cost a million dollars? I don't know because it was like... We could set that up right now for under 50 bucks. You would think. You would think. <laughs> you but would it was be. like on some It was on some cliff <laughs> and they were like trying to shoot it into space. They were trying to shoot it really far. Oh, good. And, you know, he was spending $30,000 a month on wine and $30,000 a month on this and that and the other thing. And it was like nobody's there to say no to certain people. Yeah. And that just gets them, you know... That's the paradox of freedom. They don't have the sanity. Like, you can't come into this gym and just do one rep and drop it on the ground and peel out your monster <laughs> truck, you know? Although that, that was amazing. Although it entertains all thousands of people yeah. in this story, it's but ama- <laughs> you really can't do that here. Yeah. And so it's just not having boundaries that leads us to doing a lot of bad things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you doing these days? How's, how do you feel? How do you feel? I feel, <laughs> I, I feel good. Thank good, you, man. Yeah. No, it, I, I mean, I haven't had the anxiety attacks. I had them for that. I, was, I had a six week anxiety attack. Like I literally felt like I was having a heart attack for six weeks straight. I've been there. Yeah. And once it starts, it comes back. You have no idea when it's coming back. Right. All of a sudden you're in the car and like, Oh, pull the car over. Right. And, and it could be the weirdest thing that's, that would set you off. Yeah. And so when I, when I went through meditation, yoga, Qigong, uh, Tai Chi, a lot of the stuff I did not enjoy, but I had to learn how to breathe properly because I was breathing from upper chest and that was just making things worse with the short, shallow breaths. When I learned how to breathe through the belly, relax, slow down, then I was able to get rid of it. And then they would come back once every couple of months and I was able to fight them off. And now they don't come back at all because I, I live a very virtuous life, I guess you would say. And I don't, don't, don't get drunk and you know I don't stay up late and I get decent sleep and you know eat relatively healthy so I'm doing okay and I keep them away and I still have that inner tension I guess like mm. I'm still the wound up type A person mm. but even slowly opening up the laces a little bit more on that too so it's a constant evolution but way better than it was back then do you see any value in 
every now and again having a rave or having a blowout and, and kind of like allowing that to whatever that ends up looking like? I would say the only value to that is the reminder that I don't want to feel that way in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's about, that's about it. I mean, at, at 42, I've had my, my share around the circuit. So, I mean, I don't need to, to do anything else. Yeah. 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 Have you ever tried any psychoactive substances in your existence? Uh, mushrooms, oh, LSD, yeah. or like that. Oh, yeah, you have. Oh, yeah, when I was in high school. High school, never yeah. as an adult. Um, not over 25, no. Oh, over, but but when you were... Yeah, but I was in 25 years old. I was in college till I was 25, so... Okay. Because of the master's degree. Yeah, because that's been shown to psilocybin specifically. I mean, that's just the one they're studying. That's the way studies work, because it's a flashlight on a thing. Now everyone's right. like, that's the thing. It's like, well, that's just what we put the flashlight on. Right, so I used it under a totally different context, and I haven't right. used it under the context in which people use it today. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, certainly when you used it, you were, you know, I was way opened up on it. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I've never come back around because, you know, my experience is it's almost like people who thought weed was evil in the 60s. Like, sure. I only have that one perspective of why you would use it in the first place. And it's not the same perspective as why someone would use it, like, in therapy today. Yeah. You know, like, someone using MDMA in therapy uh, is totally different than the way that we use, you know, the psychos in high school and college yeah. yeah it was totally different yeah I, I heard i think it was joe rogan he i recently i'm kind of borrowing this idea in general from him but um having most of us are run on momentum mm -hmm. right so every day that you know they say something like 40 percent of your actions or whatever statistic it's i'm sure it's not relevant but you know a high percentage of our actions are just run by habit yeah. You know, it's this. I actually read an article yesterday. It was 47%. Yeah. Right. But you know, whatever, whatever that means, yeah. you know, that's like, again, it's a study. They sure. shine a flashlight there. We read the people repeat it. Now here it is. It's, yeah. it's fact. It's like, well, um, you know, but so a lot mm -hmm. of our days just run on this habitual kind of, kind of thing. And I think there is extreme value to having some degree of psychic release. It doesn't need to be psychedelics. It could be sex. It could yeah. be breath. It could be dance. It could be whatever it is. But I think it, it's just you travel is a big one. Mm -hmm. You leave the country for two weeks. All of a sudden you come back. You're like, that thing that I thought was so important, I don't really care about. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I go to Europe every summer for about three weeks. And it is such a great release because you have no idea what's going on over here. Yeah. And then you come back and you get back into the news and stuff. But over there, I mean, it's very, very different. And... You know, they're just focused on other stuff and and they've got their own politics that you can't understand. And, you know, you're around languages that you can't understand. It's it, it is very re, uh, recharging for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. What else do you see with people? How else are people shooting themselves in the foot? Uh, OK, so doing too much, um, being yeah. too hard on themselves and really underestimating themselves. Right. Really underestimating themselves. Most people, when when I work with them in a day, whether it's a workshop or one of my bigger events, we have them set two visions over the course of the day. So first of all, they set the first one, and then I ask them a series of questions that expand their mind. Um, you know, what's the bigger vision for your life? You know, what's God's 10x plan or the universe's 10x plan for you? What are you here for? You know, where are you thinking too small? All of this stuff. And over the course of about an hour through this questioning, they realize they can do more. So a lot of people, it, it's kind of like when, you know, Roger Bannister ran the first four-minute mile. Yeah. All of a sudden, many other people ran the four-minute mile. And so we need to see that something is possible. 
um, if we don't see something as possible, because we're in our little bubble, as I was trying to mention before, but I didn't do it quite eloquently, but if you're just in a bubble, you don't know what's outside in this great big world. And that's why travel is very good. And that's why, you know, learning and reading from so many different sources is very important that you see what's capable, what other people who maybe are starting with worse circumstances than you are able to go and achieve. And you're like, holy cow, if they can go and do that, then I can go and do something greater. And so I think people, the third thing is that they set the bar too low for themselves. Right. Yeah. And then after that, they don't have someone holding them accountable. Because listen, I can give you all the greatest advice. In fact, almost everything you need to know about anything is on YouTube. You know, there's a tutorial on everything on YouTube. But if you don't have accountability to taking action on that information, it doesn't matter how great the info you have is, if you do nothing with it, you know, you're, you're going to get nowhere. So accountability is really like the secret ingredient to success Yeah. because most people, when you, as you get older and older and older, you become more cynical and, and there's more inertia to everything in life. And, and you, people think it's harder to change. You can change at any age if you have accountability in that plan in place. Mm. Yeah. How does one create accountability if they're, you know, working out of their living room and, you know, or whatever, whatever it is. Sometimes it's like, what, what does that even look like? Right. So you can get the accountability through online forums. And, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, social media and Facebook groups and all this stuff can be really super positive. I mean, it can be super negative too, but it can also be really super positive. Um, one of the research studies that I used to support my theories back in 2007, when I had a membership site for weight loss, it was a study from Sweden. And it showed that the more often a person went to a weight loss website and checked in, the better results they got. Mm -hmm. So that was accountability that they had there. And so in-person accountability, the, the secret that I've seen in my own life, you know, by improving myself, by hanging around Bedros and this guy, Joel and Matt, is if you can have accountability to somebody that you deeply do not want to disappoint, yeah. and it's deeply do not want to disappoint, that is the key. Hmm. So like, let's say you had a, do you have a brother? Okay. Let's say like, man, I look up to my brother and I was like, I do not want to disappoint my brother. And, 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 and I know that he expects me to go and do this thing. And that will make you go and do that thing more than almost any internal drive that you have, knowing you have that accountability to somebody who, if you don't do it, they'll be like, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed you didn't do that. Yeah. So that to me has been the in-person aspect of it. And then you can transfer a lot of that to online stuff. If you live in the middle of nowhere and you say, all my friends are negative, um, you know, my family is sabotaging me. You can still go online and find people through the connections, through shared interests who are going to support you. They're going to say, Hey, here's what I did. And you know what? I'll hold, you know, I'll be your accountability partner and it really can work. Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking of, it's interesting, our education system, I feel like it doesn't, it breeds us or evolves us to uh, to kind of think small, I think. Like, it, it almost puts us into this, like, okay, you're going to be a good cog. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, one of these days, you're going to get a job at a big corporation, you're going to do great, you're going to work your way up the chain. Mm -hmm. You know, so it is a really interesting thing to be like, okay, I've been brainwashed. That doesn't need to be a bad word or a good word. It's just the reality of mm -hmm. it. Whether your brainwashing is to be an Olympic athlete or it's to be a crackhead, you've been brainwashed. I right, think you've been, been put in a bubble. You have. Put in a bubble. Yeah. So the process of starting to just knock on that, you know, and starting to unwind and recognize, okay, first of all, you know, I came from a tribe. You know, how do I start the, the journey of kind of choosing my own tribe? Mm -hmm. 
you know, that kind of, that, that, that break off point. Have you noticed that in your own existence of a point of kind of witnessing that? Yeah. And it's all about the people that you meet along the way. And so it's about stepping outside of your comfort zones, about going to, you know, for me as an introverted person, I didn't want to go to events. I didn't want to have to meet strangers. It, it was very difficult for me 10 years ago, but it's been like one of the greatest things that I've done. I mean, it's allowed me to meet the people that I hold as brothers who are my, you know, people that have lifted me up in life, you know, my, my five people that have allowed me to improve so much. And if I had just stayed at home in my bubble, I wouldn't have exposed myself to that. Mm. And, and so it's on a similar note, it's funny. I was reading about how Facebook is getting a lot of flack now because they're only showing, you know, you, if you only looked on Facebook at what your friends were posting, you would only see this bubble and yeah. everything would be supported. And whereas if, you know, 20 years ago, if you read a newspaper, you would see articles from somebody who you totally disagreed with. But now in social media, you'll only see stuff that, from people that you totally agree with. And therefore, you're not getting a broader education. So I thought that was interesting. And it, it, again, it's up to us to go out there and always be looking for the truth, to, you know, kind of do the matrix thing. Yeah. I always get the pill colors confused, so I can't. Yeah. yeah I just I, say eat the pill. Right, man. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> the right one. The eat right the one. right pill. Yeah. There's also just so much garbage on the internet because of the, the need to produce content. Oh, man. Now everybody and their sister is a content producer, and it's just like another puppy picture, another picture of my belly button. or It's just like. Or, yeah, like a half-finished headline. So it's like, oh, I got to go and click on this headline to go right. see what they really mean the by the word this in all caps, you know? It's like, if you do this, you'll be successful. Now I got to click on it and yeah. go see what they mean by this. Yeah, and just recognizing that when you are in the internet reality or the media, or, you know, what advertisement, whatever, it's like you are prey. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the people creating that—that's the intention. It's like, how do we kind of harp on people's weaknesses here and get them to click? Yeah, yeah, because it's all free, and if it's all free, then as the very. Uh, you know, the very untrusty, uh, trustworthy people say it's, you're the product. You know, right. you're very skeptical people say you're, if it's free, you're the product and Ooh. you know, your data is being sold. You're being tricked into going and clicking Ooh. on stuff. And so that's the way that, Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. When it's free, you're the product. If you don't know who the sucker is, you're the sucker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know who the patsy is at the Who's table, the patsy you, that's you. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Cool, man. What else? Well, um, we we can wrap up here. It's we've 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 hit the the shot clocks running down. I'm open. I'm cool. I'm chilling. My my day plan was to come out here with you, but cool. Uh, you know, I'd say the the key to me um, having success in life, having success in business, having success as a person, is all about hanging around other good people mm. and expanding my network. And it's not easy for me because I really would be happy just sitting at home with a book or reading or being online or, or something, just being by myself. But I, when I force myself to go out there and meet new people, be on their podcasts, go to seminars, uh, be in mastermind groups, whatever it is, go to brunch with Jay Ferugia and his band of merry men that he brings out every Sunday in, in uh, Venice and Santa Monica. You meet people who have different opinions of you. And if you're a civilized, intelligent person, you have conversation, you open up your mind to it and you say, you know what, maybe there is a better way of doing things than the way I'm doing things right now. Mm. And that's been the answer to me and my life and me and my improvement for almost everything. Yeah. The other thing that I guess I've been pondering with with the five people thing is five people doesn't necessarily need to be 
business and money and all that, then oh. you're gonna have a really kind of sorry, just yeah. em- empty type reality. I think exactly. It could and, and be movement. It could be sexuality. It right. could be whatever. Fill in the blank thing. Yeah, and you could have like you know here are my five people that I hang out with in the physical fitness world, and then, you know I want to hang around people that are better than me in movement and strength. It's like if you if you are the strongest guy in your gym, you're probably not going to get much stronger. Yeah. You know, and so you might have five people in fitness. You might have five people in business. I don't think it necessarily has to be the same five, although most people don't have a huge network like that. But, Mm. but there is interesting research from Harvard university that, that proved the five people thing. And they found that if you hung around people that smoke cigarettes, you had a greater chance of taking up smoking. And if you hung around people that were overweight, you had a greater chance of becoming overweight and gaining weight. And it's because we adopt the habits of the people that we're around. I mean, I know that even when I go to Europe in the summertime, if you go to like England or, or Ireland, you start kind of taking on their accent. Yeah. And I know some people that have lived over there for a long time and have an actual accent, but they were born and raised in, in North America. And that's just like actual proof that the people around you have a huge, huge impact on you. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like the main message that I end almost all of my uh, podcasts on. Like people say, "Hey, what's the one of the, one of the big takeaways that you want people to 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 have from this?" And I say, "Life is not about money or stuff. It's really about people and experiences. The people that you spend time with and the experiences that you have with those people." That's what you're going to remember when you're, you know, 110 sitting in your rocking chair and, you know, thinking about your life. You're not going to be thinking about, oh, I'm so glad I made all that money or I'm so glad I had all that stuff. But you're, you know, people say, you know, tell me about a a time when you were really happy. And and they'll say, oh, I was with these, you know, these people and we were having a birthday party and, you know, it was just really simple. And that's, to me, what drives most of my decisions these days, how can I spend time with the good people? Yeah. Or during a disaster, apparently that's right. when, that's when all of a sudden, um, what suicides end up, uh, decreasing and anti-anxiety medications and such. And because everybody's up. out there banding together now. Yeah. Now aliens have attacked, right? <laughs> you know, now you're my brother, right? <laughs> you know, like a black, white Republic. I don't give a shit. The aliens are here. There's another enemy now, right? We're brothers. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden it creates this, this tribal connection. And that's, I think, just such a huge loss that we have. And, um, you know, people are freaking killing themselves. Yeah. And, <laughs> and going back to the anxiety stuff, one last thing here is that I'm, I'm writing a book on how I overcame the anxiety. And a lot of it comes back to getting out of your head. So, you know, if you sit there in a, in a room by yourself and you think of like how bad the world is and you start comparing yourself to other people and your, your wheels are spinning, it's only going to make things worse. But if you go out and volunteer, if you go out and try and help somebody with their problems, all of a sudden you stop thinking about yourself and that anxiety can start to disappear. It's one of the big important factors that helped me when I started putting my efforts towards other people. You stop feeling like, woe is me, and you start thinking, hey, how can I go and help these other people? And you have your energy directed in the right spot. Mm. Yeah. The There's one thing. What is your timeline? Do you need to leave five minutes ago? No. Nope. You're okay. Okay, yeah. good. So, the, so <clears throat> as you're talking about the the people that you're, you're being around affecting the, your perspectives and everything, there's also a bacterial conversation around that. You know, so I was just talking to um, a guy called Dr. Gundry, the plant paradox. Oh, Stephen Gundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you familiar? With that? So, you, so do, you, do you know him at all? Or I, I don't know him, but I read an article about him on goop.com. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, you guys are buds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we go back. We go back since Goop. Um, but so we were just talking about this, and it was it was kind of there's this this bacterial cloud essentially around us. So right now, you and I are inoculating each other to to each other's bacteria. Got it. You know, so we're sharing each other's biome. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you think like the ectoderm, like my skin bag, that's the separation to me. That's bullshit. Right. <laughs> you know, as soon as you come into the house. You're in the house. Got it. You know, right? you yeah. know, and so as you're sharing that, the you know, conversations or drinks or space, you take the same Uber, whatever it is, you're literally starting to, you know, become each other's bacteria. Oh, interesting. Pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, well, another thing that's kind of crazy on that bacteria thing is I was, I think I also read this on goop.com, <laughs> which is one of my favorite websites. Where all good things come from. Yeah. And they were talking about how, when women have C-sections, they now, now they've realized the importance of the bacteria yeah. that they they have like this technique where they just base the baby in vaginal bacteria or something. Yeah, they need to put the vaginal the do a vaginal swab in their orifices, so through their face. So as you're right. coming out the vaginal canal, right. you're being filled up with you're 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 being you know that's your first connection. Essentially, it's like you're putting on your space your spacesuit. Oh, interesting. You know, so when you're in there, you're in a sterile environment. Got it. Now all of a sudden, you're coming out. And you haven't created the antibodies to any of this stuff out here. Yeah. You know, so that, that, that vaginal fluid is actually this passive way of, um, you know, building your immune system to right. enter into the world. Yeah. It's a spacesuit. That is so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> to, look, to look at it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. All right. Um, good talking, man. How do people find you and learn more about the things and all that? Yeah, so Instagram.com is my favorite. So Instagram.com forward slash real Craig Valentine. Mm. That just makes me officially I've never famous. Heard anyone ever called Instagram.com? Well, whatever. That was <laughs> dot com. Instagram forward slash Craig Valentine. And real Craig Valentine. And then um, I would, you know, people just like, hey, I kind of like this perfect day thing, this structure and stuff. They can get a free copy of my book at freeperfectdaybook.com and just, you know, pay the shipping and handling. And then I write. Articles every Monday at earlytorise.com. Cool. Yeah. 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 I really enjoy it. I, I am looking forward to uh, filling out. I'm so my on on uh, kind of on my my to do list of your own list that you that I got from your stuff is to fill out each one of those books for the next five days. Oh, cool. So tonight I'm going to do book one. Awesome. And then I'm leaving to Panama in about like a week, and oh, so cool. I'm I want to try to get it all sorted out before nice. Panama. Nice. Nice. Really enjoying it. Very good, man. So, Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Appreciate the time. Recording off. Boom. Align Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. That's some ways that you can support this podcast, one of which you can pick up an Align Band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band. comes along with a door anchor and a carrying case and a video guide on how to mobilize those joints and integrate that body of yours. Really great stuff. You can be found at AlignTherapy.com and also on Amazon.com. Um, thank you also so much for or utilizing the Amazon affiliate link on the right-hand sidebar of the podcast page. Bookmark that thing. Anytime you purchase some crap on Amazon, purchase that crap. Through that link, we get a percentage of it. costs you nothing. And I think that's enough. Thank you guys so much for reviews on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Pow.